You're listening to the Unemployed AF Dad podcast. Check out the video on YouTube at Unemployed AF Dad. And now here are your hosts, Adam and Leslie Lancaster. Hello and welcome to Unemployed AF Dad. My name is Adam. If it's your first time listening, I really appreciate it. And if you've listened before, thanks so much for coming back. Appreciate the support. The show's going to have a little bit of a different feel this morning. I am by myself. I'm flying solo. If you look at the title, it's three valuable life lessons I've learned during unemployment. And since I am the only unemployed person in this relationship, Leslie said, well, why don't you just do this one by yourself? Also, she's at work right now. It's a Tuesday. I am here at the house by myself. It's nice and quiet and thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to record this episode. So hopefully it doesn't get too awkward. I won't have Leslie to kind of intervene when I don't know what to say, but I think we'll get through it just fine. So anybody who has not listened, I, of course, am unemployed. I have been unemployed now for about the last three months as we record this episode. And I was also unemployed at the end of 2021 um, and into 2022. So I've been unemployed now twice in the last year. And I have, you know, learned a lot of things, not just about jobs, not just about unemployment, but things that I think are very valuable for life. And people who have jobs, don't have jobs, doesn't really matter. I think it's applicable to all. You know, when you hear the word unemployment, you probably have a pretty negative connotation associated with that word. Most people do. Um, You might think of, you know, the emotions that come with it, you know, fear, anxiety, depression, frustration. Think of the financial aspect of it, not getting a paycheck, credit card debt that might rack up, unpaid bills. And trust me, I've had a lot of those thoughts as well. But I think the second time around, the one word that really came to mind was opportunity. I looked at it as an opportunity for me to build something for myself that no company could ever take away from me. I looked at it as an opportunity to um, use the time that I have unemployed, however long that may be, to really hone my skills in some certain areas. Um, And, you know, just enjoy not having to answer to a boss, which is pretty nice. So I wanted to share some of the three things that I've learned during unemployment that I think, again, can be applicable to everybody, whether you have a job or you don't have a job. Full disclaimer, these are not going to be earth-shattering, mind-blowing things that you've never heard before. But I think we're always looking for that life hack, that secret tip that's just going to blow us away and we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I've never ever heard that. Amazing. My life has now changed. And it doesn't usually work like that, does it? But regardless if these are things that you've heard recently, you've thought about recently, Um, I think that sometimes we need to hear it in a different way. Sometimes we need to hear it from a different person. And sometimes we need to hear it at a different point in our life. 
you may hear something, you know, and then six months later, it resonates with you in a different way. So that being said, let's just jump right in. The first thing that I've learned during my unemployment is how effective routines are critical to our success. We've talked about routines before and how they keep you on track. You know, when I worked in an office, and you're probably the same way, your daily routine was kind of largely dictated uh, by your company. That was the same for me. I had to get into the office at a certain point, and I really didn't have a whole lot of leeway while I was at the office. I had a half an hour break for lunch, and I was there until four or five o'clock when, you know, my shift was over. So it didn't leave me a lot of flexibility. I remember mostly just trying to sleep as late as I possibly could and still leave myself enough time to get ready and, you know, shower, get dressed, eat breakfast, and then commute to the office when I had a commute. And I wasn't really able to do a whole lot else during the day. I'm not saying I was working the entire time. We've talked about that too, how just because you're in an office doesn't necessarily mean you're working. There was a lot of chatting with coworkers, things like that. But my point being, I, I didn't have a lot of control over my schedule. And then COVID hit and I gained a lot more flexibility. It was definitely a game changer for me. Working from home allowed me to not have to get up and shower and get dressed every day. That's one of the beauties of stay-at-home work. You kind of come as you are. Most people like to wear sweatpants, shorts, whatever, and I was no exception. And then, you know, you have those moments throughout the day where you can do some laundry, you know, do some chores around the house. I started taking long walks during my lunch breaks. And it's, it's definitely more flexibility in your schedule than working in an office. But it still wasn't my own schedule. I still had to be available and working between a certain time frame that was dictated by my company. And then all of a sudden, I get let go. And suddenly, I have no person to answer to. I have no set schedule, no hours to work. My time is mine and mine alone. And Yes, it, it can be scary, but it's also kind of a free, freeing moment and an exciting moment because you think each day when I wake up, I, I can pretty much do whatever I want to do. Now, with the exceptions, of course, I have a family, so I still need to, you know, answer the needs of my family. I have to be there in the morning for my kids because Leslie goes to work pretty early. So I have to make sure that they are fed and dressed and lunches are packed and they get ready for school, things like that, of course, and then be, be home when they get off of school. But between those hours, you know, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., I can do whatever I want. The possibilities are endless. I had been given the gift of time. And, of, you know, that, again, is very exciting. But then you really start to think about it and... With all that free time, there would come expectations. You know, expectations that I put on myself to utilize this time to my advantage. But there's also that expectation, because I'm home now, that certain things are going to get done around the house, you know, going to the grocery store, things like that. And, and they weren't even necessarily verbalized by my wife. 
But I knew, you know, if the roles were reversed and I was the one who was working and she was at home, I would certainly appreciate that if she would, you know, that she was cleaning the house and, and taking care of the, you know, things around the house. And I thought it was fair for her to assume the same of me as well. So then you factor in that. And then, you know, I wanted to work on the podcast. I got let go at the end of October of last year. And I think within a couple of weeks, we had already recorded the trailer in the first episode for Unemployed AF Dad. So that was certainly something that I wanted to work on each day because it's not just recording a podcast. You guys, you know, see a 30 to 45 minute, whatever episode, but there's obviously a lot more that goes into it than that. One big thing for me is, you know, social media and keeping up with all that. And that's a lot of work. I was not a social media person at all before Unemployed AF Dad. I still wouldn't say I really enjoy it that much. Um, there's certain parts I do. I don't, I don't mind creating the content, but then, you know, trying to keep up with all the trends and trying to make sure that, you know, you're getting your name out there and then you can, you know, all the, the negativity that comes with social media. It's a whole thing I'm not going to get into, but uh, point being, it is something that you have to spend some time on. Um, so, you know, that's probably the long-winded way of saying that there's a lot of things that you want to do and you realize you just don't have as much time as you think you do. Uh, not to mention, I want to make sure that I, you know, walk the dog daily, get to the gym daily, um, take care of myself. Talked about that. The best way I can be a good parent, a good spouse, is if I'm taking care of myself first. Leslie gets up every morning very early and does her yoga, her meditation, her reading, whatever she needs to do to you know, get her prepared and set up to have success throughout the day. And I do the same thing. And I, I think everybody needs to do that. Everybody needs to take time for themselves. Super important. So you have all those things that you want to do. It is absolutely imperative that you have a schedule, that you have a routine. I don't think that I would probably take advantage of my time if I didn't. Because like I said, it's just so easy for time to get away from you, even if you do have a whole day. I think everybody can relate to that. If you, you know, look at a Saturday or Sunday, when you, if you have a job when you're not working, it's very easy for those days to get away from you. So I first started just writing out everything that I wanted to accomplish in a day for the week. And I did, you know, some smaller things that were very attainable that I could easily check off the list. And then I had some things that would take a little bit more work. Um, and it's, it's such a good feeling when you can cross those things off your list. And, you know, over the course of time, I didn't need to make lists anymore. I kind of just knew, hey, when I wake up, I'm going to be with the kids for the first couple hours and get them, you know, taken care of and ready for school and hang out with them. And I cherish those moments. But then once, you know, nine o'clock hits and they have to go off to school, from 9 to 10 or 10.30, I'm going to work on a blog or I'm going to work on, um, you know, content for the next podcast or, or whatever the case is. And then from, you know, 10.30 to 11.30, I'm going to go to the gym. Having my day set up in advance every day to the point where I just wake up and know what I'm going to do has been so beneficial and, again, keeps me from wasting day, the day. 
you know, I could just sit down and watch TV for two hours or scroll through TikTok or Instagram for two hours. It, I could do whatever I want. I don't have a job. But that's not going to be beneficial to me. And the same can be said of you, even if you have to work, you know, get up and go to work. Having a routine established to factor in that work, of course, is going to make your day just so much more productive. I um, mean, whether it's having to get up early and do things before you go to work, uh, which I have found as you get older is, is probably easier to do than staying up late, at least for me. And I used to be a night owl. I used to like staying up late. But there's something about being up in the morning um, and starting your day off with a routine and, and things like, you know, reading or working out or whatever. And I don't say I'm, I'm, I don't do that all the time. I'm not much of a reader if I'm being you know, honest, but, um, you know, just getting up and uh, getting into your routine first thing has definitely been beneficial for me. And I think it is something that anybody can apply to their life as well. So first thing, make sure that you have an effective routine. The second thing I've learned is we don't always need to make more money. We just need to spend less. And I'm sure there's somebody rolling their eyes like, you know, yeah, of course, Adam, duh. If we spend less money, you'll have more money. Or somebody also thinking, well, why wouldn't you want to try to make more money? Of course, everybody wants to make more money. But don't you kind of find that the more money you make, the more money you're going to spend? And I don't know if this is just me, and I don't think it is. I think I've had this conversation with people before. You get a raise. Are you get another job where you're making a lot more money? And you notice you really don't have any more money in your bank account. You may even have less. Because again, the more money we make, the more money we spend. We tell ourselves that now that we've got that raise or we got that new job, that we can afford it. You know, the new car we were saving up for or the, the kitchen renovation we were talking about can finally become a reality. But it, we tend to overspend. You know, it doesn't always feel like we're making more money. And you don't have to be someone who buys big, expensive items. These could be little things that just add up over time. Leslie and I are definitely not flashy, materialistic people. I, I wouldn't think, you know, I wouldn't describe us as, as that way. I drive a nine-year-old car. She drives a, you know, five- or six-year-old car. Our house is nice, but it's, you know, it's nothing fancy. It's not super updated. It's not huge. Um, we don't wear fancy clothes or uh, I shop at Target. I mean, I love Target. And I think I probably shop at Kohl's and Walmart sometimes too. So point being, we don't have, all, you know, all the fancy designer stuff. But when I stopped getting a paycheck and had to start living on a pretty tight budget, I began to realize that we were just spending money on things that we didn't actually need. And again, it wasn't big things. For us, it was eating out. We started eating out multiple times a week here and there or uh, buying some things off Amazon. You know, even 30, 40 bucks adds up if you're buying multiple things a week. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. There, there isn't. But if you don't have the money for it, then that's when it becomes a problem. 
And and we've talked about life is already expensive enough paying for the necessary things like food. Food costs are through the roof these days. Toilet paper? Oh my gosh, toilet paper has gotten crazy expensive and you're literally just flushing money down the toilet. But don't get me started on that. But you know, now that I'm very conscious about our spending, we actually have more money in our account, at least I do, that I, I think I do. I'll have to check, but we have more money right now than when I was working, you know, and yes, I have unemployment benefits that certainly help, but that's really only about half of what my paycheck was, but yet we still have enough money to pay our bills. You know, no, we don't get to go eat out very much these days. We're not taking any trips. Uh, we're not buying a lot of things on impulse. We're just buying the necessities. But it's been such a good reminder that we can live within our means and still be happy, still be comfortable. You know, and even when I do have a steady paycheck coming in, I'm still going to try to abide by that, try to not overspend. And I encourage you to do the same. You know, once you've paid your bills, made your investments, you know, just watch your spending. I think that spending money on experiences always is better than spending money on stuff. You know, taking trips, taking your kids um, places and to, you know, events and things like that. Things that they'll remember because, you know, we tend to look back on memories uh, and think about where we've gone and what we've seen and not things that we had. But we do like to kind of measure happiness and success in society by the things we own, how much money we appear to have, and that often causes us to needlessly spend. And then that causes stress when we have no more money because we've spent it all. And that's exactly what advertising is. It's just telling you to buy all these things that you probably just don't need. So unemployment has been a really good reminder, you know, that no amount of money or things is going to make your life better if you aren't already happy with yourself. You know, it, the less money and materialistic things we have sometimes reminds us of what's truly important. When you can't afford to buy all the stuff, you look at the important things like your, your family, your relationships, um, and you're very thankful for the house that you do have, even if it has a kitchen that's outdated, even if the carpet is getting gross, even if, you know, there's paint that needs to be redone in every room of the house, that's okay because you have a place to live, you have a roof over your head, you have your bills paid, and there's so many people out there that don't even have that. So it does just make you really value the things that you do have and not try to compare yourself to others and see all of the things that the neighbor has or you know that your friends have that you don't have. So number two, don't live with, you know, outside your means. Try to spend less on things you don't need. And the third thing I've learned during my unemployment is being a stay-at-home parent is a really tough job. And yes, it is a job. You know, when I was a kid, my mom stayed at home with me and my three siblings. And even as we got older and went off to school, um, she never went back to work. And there were some times, admittedly, I, I kind of wonder what she did all day while we were at school. But as you get older, you start to think, well, you know, the house didn't just magically clean itself. All the food that a family of six people eat doesn't just restock itself in the kitchen. 
Um, you know, she took us to school. She picked us up from school. She got us to all our various extracurriculars. So I think you see my point. Like my mom was very busy taking care of us and taking care of the house. And that was her job. That was her full-time job. And I know that it kind of bothered her when people would, you know, ask what she would do. And she would say she was a, a stay-at-home mom. And they would kind of give her this look like, oh, that's not, you know, oh, okay, that's not really a job. And, you know, I, as I got older, I realized, of course it is. It's a selfless job. It's, the, you know, one of the most important jobs. But I didn't really truly know what it was like until I became unemployed and became a stay-at-home parent by default. And both of my kids are in school, so I don't even have them here most of the day. But there's still so much to do. You know, like we talked about, like Leslie leaves the house pretty early for work. So my kids get up early. So I'm usually with them for at least two to three hours before school starts. And I, I cherish this time, but it's, it's also busy. You know, we're trying to make lunches, breakfast. Breakfast is usually at least two or three times throughout those couple hours they want to eat. Uh, making sure they have everything they need for school, get them in out the door. Then once they get out the door, there's you know laundry to do, there's messes to clean up, there's rooms to tidy up, there's grocery store trips to make. Uh, you know it's impossible for us to keep up with the fresh produce in our house. Those kids go through our the fruit like crazy, which is good. But point being, it takes up time. Does it take up my entire day? No, no. Most days it's not going to take up my entire day, uh, but some days it, it sure can take up a lot. And I already talked about how important it is to, you know, make time for yourself. So I do try to get to the gym and I do try to take a walk and take the dog for a walk, you know, taking care of myself physically, mentally, so I can be a better parent, better person, better husband. And that part is, is non-negotiable for me. But when you try to fit all this in, in a day and the kids come home at 3.30, it's really easy for your days to just fly on by. And I think that what really kind of bothers me sometimes is that it's getting better, but there still is that stigma associated with parents that stay home and don't have the, quote, traditional jobs. You know, uh, going back to social media, again, there's just, there's a lot of uh, good stuff on social media, but there's a lot of bad stuff too. And I tend to see a lot where it's the wife that's staying at home and, you know, doing everything and then complaining about the husband because he does nothing except goes to work and doesn't have to deal with all the stuff that happens. And I, I don't, I don't like how society kind of seems to make it a contest, right? To see who had the harder day. I don't think we should try to ever compare and say one thing is, is harder than the other. You know, when I was working in an office, there were good days and there were bad days. And, and same with being a stay at home parent, there's good days and there's bad days. You know, trying to say one is harder or more important than the other is just so unhealthy in my mind. You know, whether you and your partner both work or want to stay at home parent, just appreciate what each other does and know that it's a team effort. You know, me and Leslie, we're a team. There's certain things that she does that I don't do. Like cooking, for example. I don't cook. I mean, she does pretty much all the cooking and I really appreciate it. And in turn, I try to clean up after she makes meals. And I try to do all the stuff that I can do because it's a team effort. And it's never going to be 50-50, you know? We, I, I, 
I think there's a lot of people out here that are like, well, I do all of this and she's not keeping up with me or he's not keeping up with the, you know, again, just know that you're both very important. And uh, I know I couldn't do it without Leslie and I appreciate her so much. And if you're a single parent who works full time, oh my gosh, you are a rock star. So I think a lot of the, the moms and dads out there who have a spouse should really kind of look at that perspective. Like, it, you know, there's single parents out there who do it all. So thank you so much to all the single parents, all the parents in general. You guys are important. Your jobs are tough, no matter what you do. So again, let's just try to appreciate what people do and, and not make it a contest. Uh, and try to act like your your day was so much harder and so much more stressful um, because that's just not healthy for anybody. So third thing, being a stay-at-home parent is a real full-time job and a tough one. All right, so those are the three. I hope you guys enjoyed them. I hope you learned a little something from them. Like I said, I think you can apply those to everyday life, whether you have a job or you don't have a job. Make sure that you are checking out our Instagram, our TikTok, our website. We have blogs up. I think I'm going to post, if I haven't already, a blog pertaining to this episode. Um, I did an Instagram reel a few weeks back of this very topic, and it's only about 45 seconds, but it kind of made me want to do a whole podcast episode about it because there was so much more I wanted to say. So I hope you guys got value from it. I know that the feel, again, was a little different today with it just being me, um, but hopefully you enjoyed. Appreciate everybody listening. Again, if you are getting value from this content, if you're enjoying this content, make sure that you share it with somebody. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Go out and leave a review uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. It was so, so appreciate it. All right. Hope you all have a great day. Thanks so much for listening.